Warning, this podcast contains sexual content, graphic language, and bodily functions. Get over it. One in four women have an abortion, and it's normal. I guarantee you know someone who's had an abortion. They may not be posting about it on the internet. You know, they may not be screaming about it to a congressperson's face, but it's normal. People you love have had abortions, and... You should respect women's right to choose and their access to choice. I'm Heather Ann Gottlieb, and this is Dirty Girl, the podcast that shares stories from real women about their disgusting habits, taboo secrets, and unruly pastimes. This week on Dirty Girl, abortion. You're going to hear firsthand accounts of women who underwent the procedure This episode came up because, uh, you know, all those states that are passing laws that are like, hey, we hate women. We don't want, we want to control what you do with your body and when you do it and when you start a family. Um, This episode is to say fuck you. Thanks for listening. Fuck you. If you're pregnant and want to consider your options, please call the National Abortion Federation. The NAF Hotline Fund operates the largest national, toll-free, multilingual hotline for abortion referrals and financial assistance in the U.S. and Canada. For unbiased information about abortion and other resources, including financial assistance, call toll-free 1-800-772-9100. I've been pro-choice for as long as I can remember. And even with that, I still, I still, I didn't struggle, but it was, I don't want to have an abortion. I just don't want to be pregnant anymore. And having an abortion is what you do if you don't want to be pregnant. I live in Los Angeles, California, and I called up my primary care physician and, you know, said that I wanted to get an abortion. Um, But then he was like, wait a minute, you don't have insurance. I was like, I don't. He's like, just go to Planned Parenthood. I was like, oh, that's great. (laughs) I was I was actually pretty cool to like hear my um, doctor basically say like, oh, no, this is the best place for that. You know, and that Planned Parenthood is a trusted source for abortion care for women's health. And so I made an appointment at the Planned Parenthood in Pasadena. Grew up driving by it all the time because, you know, I'm from Los Angeles. And they only did abortions on Friday. So I took the day off work. I went and they were they were so wonderful to me. They were really, they took very good care of me. Uh, was it, was there a recovery period? Yeah. So I had the, I guess like the DNC. So they dilate you and then they essentially vacuum it out. Um, but then like also while they were in there, I was like, might as well just get an IUD since I'm going to be, <laughs> since you're already up in there. So afterwards, you know, they have a little recovery room and there's nice kind of like um, armchairs, you know, like those lazy boy type armchairs. And they give you a little blanket. I got a little juice box and crackers. And it was just kind of like, okay, 
I'm going to be okay. You have to wear um, basically like pads after because you're still bleeding. Um, and they tell you not to do like any sort of real serious physical activity. Like I was like, well, I'm not exercising. But I did have to. <laughs> My cousin had asked me to help her set up for her son's first holy communion which was the next day it was on saturday and like she's super catholic <laughs> so i couldn't be like actually i can't i'm recovering from an abortion <laughs> so the next day i was there just like all right we're gonna power through this like setting up for you know putting crosses on the table <laughs> setting up like wine and crackers <laughs> for my little cousin <laughs> meanwhile my boyfriend could not help me because he had a very serious D&D game so yeah that is totally why I think it is best I did not have a child with him <laughs> our relationship was not much longer <laughs> after that did you go alone to the clinic no, my boyfriend went with me. Um, one thing about Planned Parenthood that I really appreciated um, is like, you know, he was there, obviously, like he was supporting me and my decision. Um, but they like did not allow him like through the doors. They, you know, um, sat me down. We did like, you know, a verbal questionnaire where they asked me about like my sexual history and whatnot. But they also asked um you know, are you in a relationship? Do you feel like you are safe in your relationship? You know, are you being forced to do things that you don't want to do? They like that. I never had those questions asked by um, a medical provider before. And I thought that that was so important and so necessary because a lot of people are in unhealthy and unsafe relationships and they don't know how to share that or disclose that they can't talk to their friends and family about it because oftentimes they've been isolated from their friends and family you know like they're being gaslit and manipulated and threatened so that they feel like they can't go to anyone so that was really wonderful that they wanted to make me feel safe and know that I was safe and know that I was in a space that I could truly share if anything else was going on that wasn't just I'm here to get an abortion. Um, and then like during the procedure, um, they because they wouldn't let him back there, they had, you kind of have like a person, <laughs> like you get like a surrogate person. <laughs> so the guy was really nice. He's like, you can hold my hand if you want. He's like, if it hurts, you can squeeze. I'm like, okay, because they do also this, uh, you know, I opted they don't even really give you painkillers. I was like, wait, so are you going to like anesthetize me or give me any sort of real painkillers? They're like, no, we can't prescribe you, you know, anything. They can't prescribe you like Vicodin or oxycodone, like nothing. Any, I mean, I got my wisdom teeth pulled and I got narcotics. You know, this is surgery <laughs> in my uterus, you know, and I can't get any sort of real. It's just like fuck man they want to and this is liberal california los angeles where you can get an abortion pretty far out and it's like you guys still want to like punish women <laughs> it's like feel this pain um so it was it was nice having that person there you know 
and he was just like, you know, he's been through it, seen it before. And I was like, okay, this is, I'm in good hands. No, it was, it was just, you know, everyone should go to Planned Parenthood. They do good work. They don't just do abortions. They do women's health, you know, whole, you know, well women exams and all of that. And I had a really positive experience. And then like, after I was done resting, um, my boyfriend was like, what do you want to eat? And I never go to Popeye's, but there's a Popeye's on Lake by the Planned Parenthood in Pasadena. <laughs> and I was like, can we go to Popeye's? <laughs> Which is kind of, yeah. <laughs> so we went to Popeye's. Did it help? Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, I had to pay for my own abortion. Like, he's... He lived with his grandma. He couldn't even afford the pregnancy test. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> thank you for Popeyes, Alex. <laughs> oh, man. Right? And I was like, man, I was saving up for an iPad, too. I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to get an iPad now. I'm going to get an abortion instead. But at least you got some chicken. I did. I did. I know someone who had an abortion in Arizona and that's a state where you have to make an appointment uh they make you look at the ultrasound then they make you wait two weeks oh my then God. you have to go back and that's crazy that's so upsetting I because um we were using the rhythm method <laughs> which not <laughs> I wasn't great at it, clearly. Um, what is the rhythm method? Oh, it's when you um, you just track your period to see when you're ovulating, and then you don't have sex within like that window. Um, so I was not good at it um, <laughs> because I got pregnant. But um, so I, you know, since I was like tracking my period, I knew very early on that I was pregnant I was like okay it's been two days now it's three days I'm like uh -uh. I'm like my boobs really hurt I'm like uh-oh so I started like googling and I'm like uh-oh <laughs> like every time like I open the computer I'm like uh -uh. so I basically you know the internet told me that I I mean I I knew I was probably pregnant, but you shouldn't take a pregnancy test until like at least like I think it's like five days after your missed period. So I waited and then it came back positive. And so when I called, then they said, OK, well, you know, since we only do abortions on Friday, it was Monday. I made it for that Friday. But that was I was about like six weeks, which is really early. But the way they're legislating is most women just they don't know you truly don't you know what I mean like unless you're trying actively trying to get pregnant or really you know I could have if I wasn't you know tracking my period I probably wouldn't have realized and been like oh I'm just you know bloated and having a week and and not all women are regular 100% they are not so it's really upsetting to know that women and people experience such huge obstacles and burdens like I'm lucky you know what I mean I drive Pasadena is 15 minutes from my house I was able to just go in have the appointment we're there all day and just doing it 
but to have to like your friend and they make you look at the ultrasound that's they asked me they said do you want to look at the ultrasound they asked do you want to look at the ultrasound do you want to know if there's more than one um embryo or like fertilized like if you have twins mm-hmm. or multiples and i was like no i was just i was just so i was like what wow that's so crazy I wonder if they had to ask that. I don't know if they had to ask, but I think they were just trying to be sensitive because in some states like Arizona, it's like they make you look at it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And they referred to it as a pregnancy, not a child. child yeah, right? they were. Yeah, because that's what it was. This is a pregnancy. Because Planned Parenthood does it right. Planned Parenthood does it right support them donate to them yellow hammer fund in alabama i um do some work with like lady parts justice and they just changed their name oh yeah huh yeah 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 um but they do um fundraising for abortion care providers that aren't planned parenthood because in a lot of these states where there's only maybe like one or two abortion providers in the whole state you know they they don't get that same kind of funding. I was literally just stalking them on Instagram today because I got an email saying they changed their name mm-hmm. to Abortion Access Now, I think. Nice. Good. Good. And I know enough with these euphemisms. It is what it is. And we shouldn't be afraid to call it what it is. And I think that, you know, what Lindy West did with Shout Your Abortion, I think it's so valuable and important to take away the stigma and shame because the more people talk about it, the more it's normalized. Mm-hmm. I'm Janish Meeting, a native writer and comedian, and I'm thrilled to announce that my podcast, Woman of Size, has found a permanent home on the Hoo-Ha-Ha Network. On Woman of Size, I talk to artists, writers, activists, and thinkers about their big-ass lives, their big-ass experiences, and their big asses. Woman of Size is plus size, Latina, flawed, curvy, curvy, thick, clean, queer, fat, black, disabled. So come take up space and subscribe to Woman of Size on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. Be big, baby. Thank you for talking with me. I know this can be a vulnerable thing to talk about. I want you to tell me your story um, with as many details as you can. Take as long as you can telling it. Um, And we'll go from there. Okay. Well, I don't even know where to begin. I guess um, this all happened when I was 19. Um, I had just started my sophomore year of college. Lots of life changes going on at once, so it was very overwhelming. Um... I just moved into a house with my boyfriend of a couple years, Um, just adopted a puppy, just changed my minor to one of the hardest languages to learn. (laughs) So I had all these things going on at once. And uh, then, of course, another big life change when I found out I was pregnant. Um, It was right actually at the beginning of the school year, when I found out it was like the first week of school it was right after my boyfriend's 21st birthday I was 19 of course um 
And I, I know how it happened, and I've always accepted my responsibility. Um, I had just ended my pill, and I was in the talks with my OBGYN to go on an IUD, but um, she said that I needed to be on my period to have it in, inserted, so I was waiting. I had my appointment all set up for when my cycle would come, but of course it never came. And I found out I was pregnant. Um, really what the symptom that kind of told me was the hunger. <laughs> um, I always had irregular and inconsistent periods. So it wasn't really the missed period that, that told me. It was more of, it was like I was a hungry that I had never been. <laughs> I was like eating for two. And it just kind of, I just knew. I just felt it. I just knew. And so I, I took three tests and all of them came back positive and I was still in denial I was like no these are all false positives then I got a blood test and that came back positive and I was like oh well shit and um I was up front and honest with my boyfriend I told him and he was absolutely beside himself as was I but I mean he was angry he was really angry and um what did he say yeah, he he was like, how did you let this happen? Um, my life is ruined. You have to abort it. It was like all these you, you, you demands. I just, I just remember standing in our bedroom and he was screaming and freaking out, having like a panic attack. Um, of course, like I am too. <laughs> it's my body. Um, I mean, you couldn't always be an absent father and I could do it on my own. It's it's my life really that is, it's, it's, it's affecting the most. <laughs> Um, I was terrified and he was definitely not supportive and that was just the, the foreshadowing of, of everything that would follow after. Um, he, I, I immediately, I'm always been, I've always been the one that's like, I know what to do. It's my choice. I'm, I'm always independent, but I, I told him straight up. I said, I don't need to do anything. It's my choice. Um, it's something that we need to talk about, but in the end it is my body and we will discuss it. But I need a minute to think because <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot that, that needs to be considered in a time like that. But I, I did know deep down I needed to get an abortion. It was just a matter of when and how and how to deal with that and prepare myself for something like that. That's a big decision, at least for me. Um, and I, I didn't tell my parents right away. I told my best friend. I think I told my sister. Um... But I mean, I just, I didn't know what to do. And I went to the, the campus because I was up two hours away from home at school. I went to the campus health center and told them that I was pregnant. And they like rushed me to the back and sent me to a psychologist. And I sat with him and it, of course it was a male psychologist and he was not helpful at all. <laughs> he was like, well, you just kind of need to think of the pros and cons of everything and figure it out. And I'm like, eh, that's not helpful. <laughs> um... It was definitely a challenge because I was raised in a very Catholic family. I was not religious at the time, but I mean there were a lot of things that I needed to work through because I was I always grew up thinking that that's not an option and I knew better than that, but it was hard. Like there were there were a lot of demons I needed to to work through to get to get to a certain point where I could make that decision. And um I just can you talk about the demons yeah I mean 
I just grew up thinking that like you don't you know life is life you don't you don't really get to play play God and just kill something growing inside of you like it's just not how it works but I also thankfully was not religious at the time and I had I don't know it was just like part of me was reverting back to the ways that I grew up and then the other part was well you need to be real here this decision affects everybody I had to think about um my boyfriend's life his parents my parents because we were both still financially dependent on our parents partly um we were both in school would this potential child have what they would need to live a happy healthy life I mean at that point no and I don't think that I could have fully loved that if it had grown to be an actual baby and child maybe I would have after getting over some resentment but I mean it's not fair to bring them into that kind of environment um I never really considered keeping it to be honest I I knew that it was an option but not realistically it would not have been a good life and I could have yes I could have carried it out towards you know the adoption process but really like what about school waking up early for my classes and all of that to give the child away um I don't know if I can emotionally handle that so um I did my research for some legitimate abortion clinics that had very good you know reviews they were all licensed I I didn't want to go to get chopped up somewhere um and of course they were all down in the city so we I had to go down south to go get there um to get the appointment so I made the appointment um he went with me my boyfriend went with me and it was like a Saturday we drived two hours down to the city and um sat and it was like a waiting room for a doctor it was normal but I had to fill out all this paperwork just with my information um And, I mean, it was a really long day. In Arizona, there's a waiting period for an abortion. So, I don't don't remember if it's... I think it's just a week. But, I mean, it is a week. Um, But you can't get it the day of. So, I had to go. And I actually had to look at the ultrasound. There was... I mean, they had me get undressed. And it was very early on. So, it was a vaginal ultrasound. It wasn't one that goes on your belly. I was only, um, I was either seven or eight weeks along, and, I mean, it was small, so, so small, it was like a tiny, tiny, tiny grape seed, but I could still see it, and it was just starting to develop a heartbeat, not one that you can hear, but it was there, and they could see it. And, is, didn't you say there was, um, there's like a law that they have to show you the ultrasound? Yeah, so there's a whole process when you're there. So you have to see it um, and listen to it if if there is a heartbeat. Um, So my boyfriend was there with me. I was getting emotional. He was completely stoic. You know, it was nothing to him. Um, It might have been something. I'm not a mind reader, but visibly it was nothing. And I I mean, it was hard. It was really hard. Um, But then 
you also have to sit down without your partner, so it was just me, with the doctor, who was a man. I, I don't think that's the case everywhere, but in my case it was a man. And I just sit alone in this room with him and listen to him. I don't think it was a script, but there was like a guided, like a bullet point paper that he had to go through all of these points um, because of the Arizona law. And he had to go through and pretty much present me with all the options. So he talked to me about adoption, talked to me about keeping it just for me, um, talked to me about welfare programs and uh, foster care and all these things. Um, and then, of course, he asks me, he asked me if I was being pushed to get an abortion, if somebody forced me to get one. Um, making sure that it was actually my decision. Really, I think the whole purpose of it, living in this conservative state, is that they're really kind of guilting you. And if I was somebody else, it's possible that I could have left saying, never mind, I'm going to keep it. But I I did know that I couldn't. Um, But I can see how somebody could be guilted into keeping a baby. Because, I mean, it was a really stressful shameful experience sitting in this room with this doctor (laughs) asking you are you sure giving you the options oh you can always you know adopt you know adopt it out give it away (laughs) like that's really easy for you to say especially since you're not me and you're a man too (laughs) um that was hard and um I left, um, I had to schedule the abortion to be at least a week out. So I scheduled it for the next weekend, which would mean that I'd have to take a whole nother trip down. Uh, Still, I'm going to school. So during the weekdays, I'm sitting in a classroom thinking about how the next weekend I'm going to be getting rid of what's growing inside of me. And it's hard. But on our way home, on our way back up north... I started crying and my boyfriend was like, why are you crying? And I'm like, "Why?" Well, I mean, I have lots of emotions flowing through me. A, I'm hormonal, but B, like, this is a lot. This is a big decision. This is, you know, this is a potential baby. This, I mean, I, as of right now, I'm kind of like a mother. Like, I'm, I'm growing a child inside of me. Like, that's a lot. That's a lot. But I, that whole week I struggled and I... I ended up telling my mother um, and my stepfather, and my boyfriend was mad. He was like, how dare you speak to your parents about this? They're never going to look at me the same. They're never going to like me again. I'm like, that's not my problem. I need some support system. I need my parents. I can't do this alone. I mean, it it was a lot. He didn't tell his parents because he he was ashamed. But, I mean, I was too. I mean, it's hard. But I I needed that support system. And I have the relationship with my mother where I can tell her these things. And I told her. And she was like, well, when you come down next weekend for the surgery, you will stay with me. I'll take care of you. You can stay the whole weekend. I don't want you driving back up immediately. You shouldn't be driving. You're going to have painkillers. And you're going to be laying in bed. And I'm going to take care of you, give you everything you need. So... I mean, that was really a relief to have the support of my mom. I don't think I could have could have done it without her. Um, 
And, yeah, so, I mean, we drove down the next weekend. He almost didn't come with me because he was still mad that I told my parents. He was like, I'll just give you the money and you can go. And I'm like, no, you got me this far. <laughs> We're in this together, bud. Um, so we met my mom there and we went and uh, sat in the, the room together, the waiting room. And it was awkward. My mom and him were not talking. He's just kind of chilling on his phone. We each pay our half, which was, you know, 250 each. So it was $500 for this. And then they call me in and I can't bring anybody in with me. I can't bring my mom. I can't bring him with me. Not that I wanted him with me. <laughs> um, I, I had to go alone and I don't like needles. I was 19, but still in my 20s, I'm terrified of needles. But <laughs> this lady is like poking at me and she can't find my veins. So she just keeps stabbing my arm. We're not off to a great start today, guys. <laughs> um, and I'm sitting in this chair getting poked at and they finally are able to find my vein. They're taking my vitals and then they put me in the actual room and I have to sit on this cold table. The room is freezing and I'm now undressed in this little, you know, paper gown. Um, and they left me in there alone while they're getting ready, getting whatever they need. So I'm sitting and there's music. I swear to God, it's like a movie scene. There's music playing and these speakers on the ceiling, and it's Coldplay, Fix You, which is a terrible, sad song, and I'm looking out the window, and there's a tutor time, there's a fucking tutor time there, and kids running outside, I'm like, are you kidding me, are you kidding me, it's like a movie scene, like, rub it in my face, won't you, oh my god, it was terrible, it was just like, is tutor time like a daycare? Yeah, tutor time is like a a daycare, a little preschool thing, um, and it's for little, like, toddlers, so there's these little toddlers running outside, and I'm listening to Coldplay fix you while I'm getting prepared to get rid of this fetus inside of me, it's terrible, it just rubs it in my face, um, yeah, and, and these two ladies come in, it's a doctor I've never met before, it's not the one I spoke with, and, um, they give me medicine and put me to sleep and I had to spread my legs which is always uncomfortable <laughs> um yeah and I, I fell asleep and I woke up crying I I just woke up crying I I've never had an experience like that I just woke up I was crying non-stop I didn't know why I was crying probably did but I was just they were like, what's wrong? <laughs> They're like, this normally doesn't happen. I, I've Usually people don't cry. Are you okay? And I'm like, well, I, I, no. <laughs> um, I think they were worried that I was being pushed into doing this or something. I think maybe their experience is that people go get an abortion and they're not crying. Like, it's just they're okay with that decision. I was okay with the decision, but partly not like it's a lot it's a lot to put on a person especially a young woman who's only been with one person just starting her life I'm in college like it was a lot and I was in a lot of pain cramping it was like period cramps on steroids and I felt like my inside like my uterus had just been torn apart like it just hurt so bad 
um, yeah, I was crying, and I didn't have to stay back there very long. They just wheeled me out to my mom. I had to wear this giant maxi pad for bleeding, and I, as soon as I saw my mom, I hugged her. I didn't hug my boyfriend. He didn't hug me. It was mostly just my mom there. He was just kind of a, a ghost lingering. Um, and we left, and I said goodbye to him. Didn't hug him. My mom took me home. He went to his house with his parents. His parents were there, had no clue. They were at home. They had no clue that any of this was going on. Um, yeah, and my mom took care of me that whole weekend, had to give me medicine. I mean, I was in so much pain. It was like, like I said, period cramps on steroids. It was terrible. And I was bleeding, like spotting and a light period kind of. Um, but I wasn't super emotional. I did not really, after the medicine wore off, after the surgery, I didn't cry much at all. Um, but I, I didn't hear from my boyfriend for the for the rest of that weekend until it was time for us to leave together to go back to school. Um, and when we got back to school, back to our house up there, back to trying to make things normal, it just couldn't be normal. <laughs> and I that was it. I knew that he wasn't going to be the one, and that was the beginning of the healing process. It took me a long time to start facing that and working through it. I didn't really grieve until months later. Um, my body, I could feel my body grieving for a while because you're taking something out of your body. It's not prepared. And so, I mean, you're still hormonal for a bit. I was still hungry. And all of the pregnancy symptoms kind of linger for a little bit. And inconsistent periods. I finally got my IUD, and so I had to adjust to that. And it's a long process. It's a lot. It's hard for me to hear. It's a hard story. I think what's the most frustrating for me is you're young, you end up getting pregnant, your partner blames you, is angry, tells you what to do. You know that's the right decision for you, but having an angry boyfriend tell you to do it is like, fuck you. <laughs> and then for him to just not be there is really painful. Oh, yeah. And it really revealed his true colors. I was young when we started dating. Um, I was 16. He was 18. I thought that, of course, he was going to be the one for me. I thought I'd marry him, have kids with him. And we had already gone through a lot together for a young couple so I thought that we would be able to get through something like this but well not that I thought we would go through this at all but I thought that we could get through a lot together um and it just really revealed his true colors it showed me you know this is not gonna be the guy for for my for my future I can't imagine having kids with him I mean immediately my eyes just were opened oh my gosh you know I could I could not if this is how he is uh, he's just so irresponsible. I mean, I, I knew that it was partly my fault. 
and I immediately accepted that. I accepted my responsibility. I'm not perfect, and I said that. I said, I know that it takes two to tango. Well, that's the point. It takes two to tango, and you got to take your half of the responsibility here. That doesn't mean throw money at me. It means you need to be here emotionally supporting me, not playing video games at night and pretending that none of this happens, um, none of this is happening, he, you know, he was just ignoring me, letting me go to bed, I'm cramping, I'm in pain, um, actually at one point before I got the appointment, I thought that I was having an ectopic pregnancy, because I was in so much pain, I was cramping, I felt like I was gonna die, and I went to the school health center again, and had to get an ultrasound, they were like, nope, you're fine, but I thought that I was having an ectopic pregnancy, but it turns out it was just the stress and anxiety, and he was not helping. He would, I would go to bed at night alone. He's sitting at his computer playing video games, which was his therapy, I get it, but I mean, just pretending like I wasn't pregnant. I would come home from school and be like, oh, my back's hurting. He'd be like, why? Well, well, I don't know, because I'm pregnant. Like, <laughs> didn't we just talk about this yesterday and the day before and the day before? Like, he was literally useless. He, he was just terrible. It, it was just eye-opening for me. Absolutely eye-opening. And how long until after the abortion did you move out? Whew. Well... I broke up with him a couple weeks after the abortion. Um, we tried being romantic again. Tried having a sexual experience again. But I clearly was not ready. Um, we tried having sex and it hurt. It was painful. Because, I mean, I was not ready. But also, it was emotionally painful and I just started crying. I had never cried while somebody was in me, <laughs> but I just started crying, and I, that was kind of it. I just knew I, I could not do this ever again with you. Like, I, I had never hated him until then. This whole experience made me hate him, and so I, I broke up with him, and then, of course, we're both signed to this lease, so I had to pay to get out of the lease and find somewhere else to live in the very overpopulated college town. Very expensive, overpopulated college town. Um, so I ended up getting out of there probably another month, month and a half after breaking up with him. So that month, month and a half was me um, couch hopping on my friend's couches. So I'm going from one house to another, I'm going to a dorm, to an apartment, with my puppy and my hormonal self. <laughs> um, and then other times it would be me sleeping in the family room or he would be somewhere and I would get the bedroom. Um, he was angry at me for breaking up with him and the whole thing. And he actually kicked me out, which now I look at it, I should have called the police because this was my place too. It was my right to be there. Um, but he was like, you need to leave. Uh, you can only come and get your clothes and stuff when I'm not there. Um, I don't want to see you. He was just so angry at me for, for ending things. And um, it was terrible. I mean, it was 
hard because I mean I still had to go to class and I ended up just going home every weekend which was a lot of gas a lot of time I went home every weekend because I didn't want to stay up there and sit on my ass for two days and be uncomfortable so I would take my dog home every weekend and come back up sleep somewhere go to school um it was scary just because I was going through all these bodily changes still um I was probably mentally not that stable and I didn't have a a secure place to live for a little bit and I had a puppy um and like I said I was going to school like I'm trying to get good grades and (laughs) it was hard um but I finally got my place um beginning of November and that's when I started to sit and think about everything and it all kind of hit me once I had my own place. Um, I was really glad to get out of there. I felt safe for the most part. I I would run into him or his friends at school, which made it a very anxious experience for me. But living alone with my puppy and having time to think was probably what I needed after all of that. I'm good with my decision. I'm in a place now where I don't cry about it anymore. Um... I try not to think about it. I don't really think about it anymore. But it is, I've accepted it is going to be something that will come up. You know, there are days. And like Mother's Day, for example. My first couple Mother's Days were hard. Because I was thinking, well, I could have been a mother. You know, right now my kid would be a year and a half. Or, you know, something like that. It's, 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 it's hard every now and then. But like I said, as of right now, I am... I'm good. I but I went I went to a therapist. I it took me a long time. I didn't start really crying and feeling the anger and um for a little bit regret until January of the next year. It was a, a few months after the abortion when I finally started to feel it. I started to think, "Oh no, what did I do?" or wow, I can't believe that happened to me. And all of these emotions just, it wasn't so much, oh, I shouldn't have done it. It was more of what it could have been. It could have been a daughter or a son, or I think I just wanted somebody to love me and a baby would love me unconditionally. So at the time I was like, wow, I should have kept it and I could have had my own little one. And But um, as my therapist put it, my brain accepted it. I, it was a logical decision for me. But my gut, that was something that I needed to work on. My gut was not okay with it for a while. Um, I was not happy with that decision for a while. Probably a year. But I mean, I had to go to therapy <laughs> to work on that for a long time. Um... And I I do remember my first Mother's Day just crying about it. I was trying to make it about my mom and my grandmothers. and But I remember leaving the restaurant, going into the bathroom and just crying because it was hitting me. Like I I was a mother for a little bit (laughs) and I could have been and that's that's a lot. Um, Now I look back and I kind of in disbelief that I ever went through that. I can't believe that I was 19 and pregnant. I It just kind of blows my mind. 
Um, I'm proud of myself for getting through it. I'm angry that I didn't have the support from the man that I loved and gave a lot to. Um, I'm sad that someday when I get married and have children and it won't be the first time that I have been pregnant, you know, I won't be able to say, oh my God, like, not that it's anybody's business, but I will know deep down inside it's not the first time that I've gotten a positive pregnancy test, you know, it's not, but it will be, and I know that I will cherish the future babies to come and it'll be right when it is right, it's just, it's something that I'll carry with me forever, it's like a bad scar, but underneath the skin, yeah. Anything else you'd like to add? Well, I could get political right now. Sure. (laughs) Uh, I would like to say this whole Alabama and the the Bible Belt with all these laws going on, it's definitely triggering to women that have gone through this. Um, It makes me very angry that that, that still these men are making decisions, and even some women are making decisions for other women their bodies um it's true not every pregnancy comes from rape or whatever um it's true that sometimes it is partly the woman's irresponsibility which in my case it partly was but you gotta leave the option open for her (laughs) it's our bodies and we should always have the right to say what to do with them um is not your decision to decide what to do with my body our bodies are our bodies it's 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 a complete breach of privacy um it's disrespectful and i i can't believe that we're still still talking about this in 2019 it's it is painful um to think that women are using abortion as birth control i have never met a woman that has used abortion as birth control um To make it sound like it's an easy decision, it might be for some, but from my own experience, it is not an easy decision. It's not something you can just, oh yeah, I'm getting abortion easy. It's not like that. I I can easily say that it is not like that. It is a difficult decision. You have to weigh all these things. You have the government coming in your face saying, um, well, you sure? Is somebody forcing you to do this? I mean, it's not easy. They don't make it easy for us anyways. Um, I never, ever, ever want to hear that shit again. (laughs) I'm so sick of it. It is so triggering and it makes me so mad. Like, get your hands off of my fucking body. That's it. Mic drop, bitches! (laughs) Thank you so much to Danielle Perez for her story. Also, thank you to the women who came forward anonymously. You're beautiful, wonderful, powerful. We love you. Dirty Girl is produced by me, Heather Ann Gottlieb, along with Cameron Taggy, Tristan Bankston, and Alex Salem. We are distributed by the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network. Our logo was designed by Kevin Laughlin. This has been a Hoo Ha Ha Podcast.